Okay, today's guest is Robin Day, who's been around F1 for, on my notes, quite a little while. Um, I'm speaking to you from Nairobi in Kenya, and this is where Robin comes from. I come from where Robin is at the moment, so it's vice versa. We've swapped. Um, so, Robin, welcome. Um, so, where were you born in Kenya? Was it Nairobi, or was it slightly outside, or whatever? No, I was actually I was actually born in Uganda, um, but my parents moved to uh, they moved to Kenya. My father was a he was a civil engineer on the uh, on the Owen Falls Dam. He was one of the seven senior geeters doing that uh, Owen Falls Dam, which is. Um, uh, late forties, late forties, early fifties. It was the first of the really big hydroelectric dams in uh, in East Africa. It supplies power to Kenya and Uganda. Um, most of the power for Kenya and Uganda at the time. Um, and uh, you know, subsequently we moved down to um, to, to Kenya, and uh, his. Um, his um, work out there was basically he worked for what's called the PWD, Public Works Department, um, and it was back. This was pre. Um, this was back in. Uh, it was still a colony. Kenya was still a colony of the UK then, and there was a huge amounts of development going on in in terms of just just getting like local infrastructure so that there was reliable water supplies, etc., etc., etc. And his next project, which kept him busy for a few years, was um, something like about 300 little dams um, on on rivers that would feed in ultimately to Lake Victoria, which is where the, the big feed then was for the hydroelectric one. Right. Um, but I went to school in Kenya. All, the, all of my schooling was in Kenya, beginning at a place called Karicho, um, which is in uh, western Kenya. And then I went to St. Mary's in um, Nairobi in Kenya until uh, until I left to come back to the UK to go to uni. So when was that, Robin? What year was that? <clears throat> oh, my God, I forget now. 1968. 1968, 69. I think it was 1969. Yeah. Right. All right. So you finished uni and then you went for what, British Leyland. Is that right? Mm, um, no, um, okay. Uh, to, to clarify that, um, basically, my my um, my sojourn in the UK at uh, uni was um, paid for by um, the British Leyland importer to uh, East Africa. Ah, right. Okay. And um, as part of the part of the deal, so to speak, was that I went back and worked there for a for a while. On a on a payback thing, but I mean I will add that the other side of it was that my father was um, in in what in his um, civil engineering thing he was responsible for organising the purchase of I think something like three hundred Leyland tipper trucks, so it was kind of like a little bit of a, a little bit of a commission coming back what they did what they did for me, but I went back to work out there and stuff. It was. Um, it was, um, uh, I just finished part, the part of what I was involved with, with, uh, at uni was I, I, I did these, these courses, I don't know what they're called, sandwich courses or something, I forget now. Um, but you worked out in industry and I worked out in industry at, um, 
uh, all of the British Leyland and the um, and the vehicles that they sold uh, in that place. So it wasn't only you know, minis, 1100s and 1800s and maxis and all that thing, but it was also Land Rovers, uh, Leyland trucks, vans, um, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, Jaguar. So we had kind of like all of the, the real you know the real cream of uh, or wide range of like british cars and and trucks were was for sale from the from the place it was a big big organization I mean, they employed something like 250 people technicians you know servicing and and looking after the vehicle so it's quite a quite a big organization well, with and those were like. the days over here i expect that um, british vehicles actually sold quite a lot Oh gosh, I mean, there was put it this way: out there, there was hardly anything. Um, I mean, there was Mercedes Benz. Uh, there's a brand called Opel, which is now gone. Taunus used to be the German version of Ford, and there was Ford cars and whatever. But um, predominantly, uh, predominantly, BL Peugeot sold massively well in uh, in East Africa, and then along came. What was then, I think the fir first of the real Japanese cars that arrived out there was from Datsun. Um, little Datsun cars, and Mazda followed and, and whatever. There was a you know, balance of, the, of, uh, of what was happening and stuff in there. But um, Kenya, of course, famous for the East African Safari Rally at the time, of which uh, I never took part in it, but I was involved with quite a lot of the... Um, Preparation of bits and pieces. I mean, we had uh, Triumph, which of course was um, a BL at the time. Um, Triumph and the 1800 uh, car, which was you know completely unsuitable for rallying. But is that the Land that, Crab? That, 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 yeah, the Land Crab. Yeah, that, um, uh, in in that kind of a, uh, uh, area anyway, entirely unsuitable. Um, they sent over a couple of Mini Coopers once, and I think one of them lasted about 150 miles before the before the front end of it. Just like you know, was just totally destroyed. But anyway, no, it's um, it was rough and rough and ready days then. Very very different uh, rallying then to, or certainly that particular rally to um, uh, to what you would you know currently be be familiar with. It was, it was almost like an endurance race, really, five, six days. It was over the Easter weekend. So basically, if it was, they'd started on the Thursday before, and then there was Easter Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously Easter Monday, and Easter Monday was the finish of it. But in that uh, in that period of time, they did do something like about 6,000 kilometres, you know, 4,000 yeah. miles yeah. across three countries, Kenya, Uganda, and Tan Tanganyika, as it was called yeah. back in the day. <clears throat> So, so finishing there, Robin, I've got noted down here, you had your, your own motorcycle company, is that right? First. Well, you when, I, when, I came, when I came back, I mean, it was, a, it was um, uh, being, being sort of saturated in, uh, in Europe at, uh, or the, the UK and parts of Europe on, on various visits when I was back here at uni. Um, and then going back out there, it was it was almost like going back in time. Bear in mind as well, it was the you know early seventies, late sixties, early seventies and stuff. So, you know, rock and roll and Beatles and all that fun stuff. Um, um, and you, you you kind of didn't didn't. It was just a, almost a different planet out there. 
and um whilst i loved being out there and it was home and you know lots of my friends and you know great social wonderful lifestyle blah 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 um ultimately i could see that i wasn't going to um, achieve uh, anywhere near as much as i could potentially achieve in the in the uk you know not that i had any great vision on you know on how i would be um uh, how I'd be um, uh, on into the future, but uh, I knew that I wanted to be back in the UK rather than out there. And um, at the time, my passion was was motorcycles, uh, race race motorbikes. I used to race out there, race down in South Africa, down to Rhodesia and race to Mozambique. Um, you know, just, you know, just drive two and a half thousand miles, three thousand miles, whatever to take you, take your bike down to a, for a weekend re- race meeting at Kailami or <laughs> whatever. Um, quite mad, it? mad really, but, um, but we did it, you know, it was just part of, uh, part of, uh, part of the, the game, so to speak. But, um, um, <clears throat> At, at uni, I'd learned, uh, you know, a lot about, you know, the, the, well, the engineering, um, and uh, I just really converted what I wanted to what I wanted to do in terms of design into my own um, into my own format, and uh, came up with various uh, various sort of chassis combinations, mostly uh, back here in the UK, anyway, um, mostly for um, endurance racing and uh, you know large capacity thousand cc bikes and things like that, <clears throat> and, you know using big Japanese engines, and um, the company's name was Cloud Engineering. Um, <clears throat> you know, Cloud used to run also the um, Unipart Formula 3 team. Oh, okay. <laughs> ran from the same workshop and uh, I, I, I didn't really do do a great deal on the on the f3 front we used to get dragged in from uh, time to time to uh, to help out there and um the uh, i was a sh- joint shareholder of the company uh, cloud engineering uh with a chap by the name of alan howell <coughs> alan who um is now I think he had his birthday a couple of days ago but um he's he's really not very well at all these days he's into his 80s and uh, and um I think he's uh, I think he suffers from dementia or something like that but it's not in a very good place at the moment but back in the day <clears throat> we had our little workshop in West London there on the, underneath the um underneath the, the end of the M4 um, in uh, uh, the building was used to be called. Oh, the, it's not not there any longer. It's been knocked down and yeah, you know, long long time ago. But it was strand glass, where there was a, all the fiberglass was um, was um, around. So we had uh, had access to a little bit of fiberglass, but we also had a great big uh, great big space for for workshops. We just rented uh, rented sort of space out of there. But it was it was a very handy place to be. Anyway, cut a long story short. I, <clears throat> made my uh, cloud at cloud bikes I produced 32 of them in total it over how cloud, long Robin? three years three and three 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 and a half years something like that <clears throat> um yes yeah, so there's 30 odd bikes we produced uh, cloud nimbus stratos and cumulus nimbus being obviously the uh, 
the, the, the small little agile one, which was it was a thousand cc, but I was like a naked bike basically, but it was wicked fast and uh, cast alloy rims and bits and pieces, which of course were, was completely new at the time. Um, <clears throat> had all the tooling done and um, made the yeah made well, made the ribs myself, but I had them made especially um, for for the for the clouds. And um, yeah, quite a tricky chassis in that it had got a uh, single damper at the rear. And it was the, the, one of those very early days with uh, some of the other Japanese manufacturers uh, going for single dampers at the rear and, and um, whatever. So it's quite compact, but it was very, very stiff. I mean, it completely, completely changed the characteristics of your um, Kawasaki 1000 or your, or your Suzuki 1000, uh, put those engines into a cloud frame. And uh, it became a very sort of quick, agile, almost like a 250, but with 1,000cc horsepower. Um, <clears throat> some of them were converted uh, converted from the, um, the Stratos. They were converted on then into endurance race bikes. And they raced uh, 24 hours and whatever. And I, I, um, I raced for 18 months, one and a half years. Um, in the uh, European Endurance Championship, which was um, quite an interesting, um, quite some quite interesting uh, race tracks, Spa, the old Spa, full length, full length Spa. I had a huge shunt there one year, smashed my leg to bits. <laughs> and um, Mete, which is um, northern northern France. Um, uh, Barcelona around the track, around the uh, around the park, Montjuï Park in in Barcelona. Uh, Truxton Five Hundred was another one that I remember. Um, um, yeah, all good fun doing that. But uh, it was a it was a very use, useful little business, and I mean it sort of paid a. Um, it, it paid for itself, but it wasn't sort of super profitable. And uh, I wound up selling the, uh, selling all of the tooling and the designs for it onto a, to another, uh, to another competitor manufacturer. And um, one of the customers that I'd got at the time, um, who was actually asked if he would could remain nameless. Um, was involved at McLaren's in the senior management there. And, oh, fun thing, right? And um, I'd written to all of my clients uh, who I'd sold the bikes to, explaining to it was before texts and telephones, mobile phones, and nobody used to phone anybody back in those days. It was all all done by mail, and it's quite bizarre, really, how everything's changed over the years. Anyway, I wrote to all my all my clients and explained to them that. Um, I was closing the company, but it, but all of their spare parts and, and, and you know anything that they needed doing uh, could be done by the competitor company. <clears throat> and uh, uh, your man from McLaren uh, got back to me a couple of weeks later, and he said, uh, "Well, what are you going to do now?" And I said, "I said, well, I'm going to bugger off back to Kenya for a while and um, have a little bit of a think." I said, "Because I've got a few bob in my pocket now," and. Um, to have a have a think, and he said, um, "Well, why don't you come out and um, see us, um, see if we like you and you like us?" Right. That that was my interview. 
I mean, it's quite bizarre because I knew what I would, you know, was capable of, and knew that, you know, all the, all the sort of that skill level I had, both you know, both in design and you know, making bits and pieces for for, for something. Of course, he owned one of them, and um, so uh, so I started at McLaren's. Uh, so McLaren's was, was that at Colbrook still? Right? Yes, it was at Colbrook. It was Colbrook. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. And yeah. uh, it was the, 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 the midway through 1978 when I started there. And um, so, what did, did you start as? Uh, well, I started actually in the DO for um, for a while, um, and then uh, it, it was the it was the McLaren M28 was the was the um, was the machine that was being built and and tested at the time. <clears throat> Um, I arrived there very shortly before they disappeared off to uh, to Atlanta. They went off to Atlanta with the 28 for the, to, into, the, into the wind tunnel over there, into the aerospace wind tunnel. So, was, that, um, was that a Gordon Copper car? It was. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah. Gordon GL, GLC. Um, a little bit of an experiment. I'm not, I'm not saying that I know a great deal about the history of McLaren's before that, but <clears throat> certainly it was um, a composite manufacture, uh, composite glued up honeycomb um, onto al- you know, into aluminium sandwich structure, um, which turned out to be just to, you know, turned out to be just a complete horror story uh, with the kind with the chassis just delaminating, you know, and all over the place and stuff, you know, when, once it got into production. So anyway, cut the story short. I wasn't in the drawing office for a great deal of time because there was there was not much in the way of design work to do. It was a question of trying to keep on top of the yeah, you know, keep the keep the car on its uh, keep the car going. Um keep it together. <clears throat> keeping it together. I mean so there's an adhesive it's just sprung to mind now um redux i think it was redux 410 it was a two-part uh two-part mix with a very yellowy glue and uh, most of the, most of the uh, manufacturers at the time of any any sort of like honeycomb structure that was the the go-to uh adhesive <clears throat> and um, you wind up you know drilling lots of little holes in the monocoque on the outside and squeezing it, squeezing the glue into the into the um, where the, the delaminated areas are. Uh, and how do you find a delaminated area in a in an aluminium monocoque? You go along with a fifty pence piece and you tap 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 until it goes dead. If it's if it's if it's um, if it's solid, <clears throat> if it's solid, you get the. If it's not solid, you get the. Oh, you mark it up and drill a few holes and fill it up with glue and, and um, <clears throat> leave that to dry. And, and hopefully the next day it doesn't all come apart. But, so, Robbie, uh, what was causing it to delaminate then? Oh, gosh, it was a number of things. I mean, it was whether it was um, whether it was the um, the adhesive uh, being the incorrect adhesive or it wasn't uh, the preparation of the material, you know, so that it didn't key properly. Um, it, was, it was probably, you know, six or one and a half a dozen of the other on, on that, really. And it could, it could have also been the possibility that the structure was <coughs> um, was too thin. 
and so torsionally, uh, because it's, it's twisting up so much that yeah, if it, was, if it wasn't uh, wasn't strong enough, but certainly, certainly uh, from the from the torsional st- torsional stiffness that they started out being, and how they finished up when they were when we uh, decommissioned them all and uh, had had the M twenty nine take over from it. It was a yeah they were they were I mean every single one of the tubs was just you know it was like a plastic bag really I and mean, it was just a nightmare absolute yeah. nightmare. Is there any of them around still, Robin? M twenty eight. I don't believe so. I, I, do you know what? I have no idea. I I don't I don't believe so. It's, if if there if there is one around, it's it's buried away somewhere for sure in a museum or something. <clears throat> but I mean, there was a there was a couple of other things about the car which weren't uh, weren't that clever. Um, one being that the fuel tanks there was three tanks and it, uh, for whatever reason gone with the uh, gone with it being quite um, quite short in the tub and it had got these two pannier tanks on the back which of course you know interfered then with the floor with the with the underbodies the you know, ground effects back in the day. So that was a ne- that was a negative, but uh, certainly all of that was cured in the twenty nine, um, and even more so in the M thirty, which followed later on. But I um, mean, you think that the M twenty nine came out in halfway through nineteen seventy nine, and I think we started. Um, I think we did the first two or three races in nineteen eighty one with the M29s before the uh, the MP MP4 uh, MP4 car or MP4 chassis came into uh, came into line. Mm. And, so um, you so now so in seventy eight Robin <clears throat> you were on the fabric on you were fabricating weren't you? Is that right? I've done all sorts of things, fabrication, doing oh. <laughs> <laughs> things up, <laughs> making panels um, 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 and whatever. And then um, and then I started on that because it was it was just too much to do at the tracks. So I was taken on to the taken on to the team on the on the T car. That's one of the mechanics I, on I was, the T car. I always tracks. like asking this, Robin. I always like asking this. How many guys on the race team then in 78? <laughs> Six, oh, my 12. God. Um, including truckies, there was there was two truckies, a very famous truckie by the name of Roy Reader, um, super guy, absolute super guy, legend, absolute legend, and um, and there was two guys on Watson's car, two guys on Tambay's car, and two guys on the T car. <clears throat> there, was another, there was another. There was another <laughs> truckie, but I, I just can't remember his name. Uh, there was another truckie um, at, um, at the time. Can't can't remember him. And then there was Gordon Kopak, um, Teddy Mayer, uh, Alistair Caldwell was with us at the time. Um, back in the, back in those days, I forget when he actually left. I think it was at the end of, I think it was at the end of 1979 that he left, and then then uh, then went off. To, was I, uh, yes, it was. It was end of 79 he left, as I recall anyway, and went off to uh, work at Brabham. So I make that something like eleven or twelve people, it was, including it, it the was, designer. It was, it was Max, Max. Even, yeah, even 11, then, 12, in 78, 79, it's such a small number. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean God. it was. Um, so you're you, always back at, I presume. Oh, well, not really. I mean, it was. Hey, you know, all trim, taut, and terrific back in the day. Um, 
and you know we were looked after you know looked after nicely and you know, we always had you know good breakfast good lunch good supper um there was yes there was a, quite a few late nights and yes there was quite a few all-nighters back in the factory you know building you know building new bits and pieces or repairing the uh, the old dog that was dying um <clears throat> but it, i mean it went uh, it went it was part of the part of the game back in the back in the day to uh, um you know it, it wasn't put it this way it wasn't something that you 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 were shied away or were frightened of uh, to uh, to sit out an all nighter um because they did happen you know just kind of like a fact of life yeah. really. i mean um, saying that these days i think they have to knock off at is it six or something and that's it they're not allowed to do anything now to the cars overnight at all well Am I right? Uh, I mean, I, I, do you know what? I, I, um, I, uh, on on a on a day to day basis, I mean, I, 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 I don't understand. I really do not understand, for the life of me, <clears throat> how large the teams are now. I mean, that seems to be even the teams working on the, you know, working on the cars. I mean, it just seems. To, you know, I don't know whether, you know, is this guy in charge of that, those three bolts or something, and somebody else is in charge of another three or something. I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, don't know. Um, <clears throat> but obviously it is, it is what it is. And, um, um, but then again, it's a completely different, I mean, I think the sport these days is a completely different sport, you know, one way or another to what, uh, to what it used to be. Um um, I don't think you can you can ever go backwards, but I think if you uh, I think if you look back in time and you know you've got you've got um, 30, 35 cars, you know at some of the race meetings, um, you know, pre-qualifying and you know in certain cases and, and stuff like that, you know there was there was more of a, more of a more more of a sport. And obviously, there was being more cars going around the track. There was, there was, you know, there was opportunities for, you know, a greater number of incidents. Not that you want incidents for the sake of incidents or whatever, but it, you know, it just makes for a makes for a different story. Um, <clears throat> these days, you know, just seeing effectively four cars, maybe six cars. You get the odd winner. You know, McLaren's won the one at Monza. You know, on a on a sort of an off chancey thing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's all very very odd when somebody out of the out of the main top three teams or whatever wins these days. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so um, when was the first MP4? Nineteen eighty. The first MP4 was nineteen eighty one. Right. And we, it was rolled out first of all at Long Beach, <clears throat> and it ran. It ran a couple of laps at Long Beach, but it was too. Um, it was too. Uh, it was too early, um, and they'd been, you know, not been tested properly or anything like that. So there was no, there was no baseline data or you know anything to work with. Um, but it was quite important, obviously, to. Um, to the it was a very it was a very different McLaren, um, with um, with Ron involved because it was still Ron and Teddy. I mean Ron and Teddy. Um, um, I think Pat McLaren was still part of the organisation then, or she was part of the structure. I think she was bought out sometime later. I don't know all of that. 
but uh, Tyler was part of the um, he was part of the, the McLaren um, you know part of McLaren ownership and had quite a lot to say. Uh, obviously, John Barnard was part of it too, um, and it evolved into into, into somewhat of a, of a different organisation, um, and and the team size grew. Um, whether you know for for whatever reason the team size grew, and we wound up then with uh, still with two guys on a car, but there seemed to be a great deal more more people in the background, uh, PR and uh, you know the news talkers and all that malarkey that went on on the outside. But um, um, it, it I, you know there's something that still nags me back in uh, back in my mind whether the um, whether the M30, of which there were only two chassis built, whether that's um, having having a, a full winter of testing, uh, whether that would have been probably um, as competitive straight out of the box um, in uh, in the eighty one season. Um, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, for for whatever reasons, it became quite apparent. It, uh, there was it was almost kind of like this thing where there was the existing the so the old McLaren people and the new the new Project Four McLaren guys, and you know there was obviously there was the history of it and you know what would happen, what would what would it never it never goes out of your mind, and what eventually did wind up happening because I mean at the end of the day the, the MP4 MP4 one the first uh, the first of the series was an infinitely better mach- machine aerodynamically you know build suspension um it was uh, yeah i mean it was just a really 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 well sorted um design and that's um, that's one of the things that uh, one of the things that came out of um came out of, ba- of barnard um <clears throat> from from barnard's um, uh, group of people steve steve nichols um alan alan his name's gone out of my mind uh, but he was one of the engineers that was involved there i think he did quite a lot of the aerodynamic work um he went on to work for arrows and i think he's i think he does work now still does all the aerodynamics and stuff for uh, ducati and moto gp um um yeah tyler was part of the organization then and uh, a guy called matthew jeffries i remember when matthews first started and you know, 18 year old in the drawing office green as green as could be uh, and he subsequently went on to uh, to some wonderful achievements you know later on having worked with john john was a tricky guy to be with you know he was a tricky guy to be around but if you've got if you've got a good point and you could argue you could argue a point in 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 in, in a way that he would, that he was along with you he'd, he'd stand by you full full on yeah it's, um so that was eighty one Robin <clears throat> who were your drivers John Watson was it was it <laughs> oh well yeah well, we Up had um, we had Andrea Andrea de Chesres and. Um, um, Andrea started um, started the season there, and I mean it was it was 
just amazing. I mean, the guy was like, you know, you wonder if you ever see him coming back into the, you know, any session, it was rare to see him come back into the into the pits. And if he did come back into the pits, it was generally with something hanging off it. I mean, it was quite, it was quite amazing. It was quite, quite, quite amazing. Um, <clears throat> I didn't let him into a into an MP4 um, until until I think it was the Spanish Grand Prix that year down in um, down in Madrid. Um, um, what's the name of the track in Brazil near Madrid? Uh, Harama. Harama. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Harama. It was Harama when I think um, uh, Andrea was let out, and um, uh, I took over as the number one mechanic on Andrea's car from the T car. I got promoted by Mr. Sharp, Phil Sharp, our chief mechanic. And um, I worked with a guy called Tony, Tony Van Dongen, um, who's subsequently, I mean, he, he didn't, I think he worked for Beatrice after he left McLaren's. Yeah, I'm that not rings sure. Yeah, I'm not rings. sure, but he certainly went off um, when Tyler and Teddy went off to the States and started the uh, Mayor Motor Racing, the... Um, the team that ran, uh, I think they were sponsored by Texaco, and they ran Tom Sneaver in uh, in Indy in a in a in a March March chassis, and I think that would have been 83, 83, 84. Not sure of those those kart times. I love Champ Car Racing, the kart series. I thought it was a brilliant series. <clears throat> um, not quite Formula One, but they were bloody quick those things and um you know it, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of sort of in you know reference back to uh, technology um, to uh, to uh, f1 cars of the of the year of the time and we had um anyway to say we had an interesting year was uh, tony and i um we joking to joking amongst ourselves. It was our our tours of Europe because we went to parts of circuits that nobody ever went to. <laughs> Fishing this car out of the you know out of the undergrowth, for, you know whether it be Spain or whether it was Brandsatch or Silverstone or yeah. or, or whatever. I mean the, the the classic one was Silverstone. <clears throat> And Andrea had done, he'd had quite a few prangs at that meeting, the, the Friday and the Saturday. And we've, we wound up with a situation where there were actually only three nose structures with wings on left. Obviously, one on one race car, one on the other race car and a spare. So... Um, Andrea was sent out to the race with uh, a bare nose cone, no wings. It was something that we were experimenting with at McLaren's at the time. So there was a nose cone that didn't have any holes in it, didn't carry any wings or whatever. And Andrea was sent out to start the race um, with this uh, with this nose cone with uh, with no wings because they wanted to keep the other ones is in this uh, for spares. <laughs> Um, just in case what he had a prank, you know, heaven forbid that what he would have a prank, you know, he'd have to have his own have to think. Anyway, there was this wonderful <laughs> situation where Tyler Tyler Alexander is on the grid and he said, Robin, go back to the garage and get that fucking wing and bring it back. We're putting that on the car. Anybody gets in your way, you sort them out. Okay. <laughs> 
So I went back and there was an argument about oh, like, no, we're not over there, you can't have that. No, no, no. That was this is the truckies and the the the, the teacock guys. So no, 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 that's for Watson, that's for Watson. Boom. Anyway. Um, not many people would argue with me at, at the time because I was um <clears throat> Big lad, <laughs> quite capable of looking after myself. Anyway, we went back to the grid and put the nose button nose cone on, and then there was an awful Tyler and Teddy and Ron Dennis and John Barnard all stood there shouting and screaming at each other. I had my hands in the air. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm just doing what I was told. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> race started. And I think it's I think it's well known in history now that uh, Villeneuve got it wrong. Watson nearly went up the back end of Villeneuve. Andrea, with a car that was then set up and running properly, with you know with a good wing package, etc., 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 he he was just about to overtake Watson. It was going so quickly, and um, it could have been a very different result for Andrea if he'd um, if he'd uh, if he hadn't. He went. He drove off the circuit to avoid hitting Watson is what happened it did he didn't crash he crashed on purpose so that he didn't crash into Watty because they all three of them arrived kind of like together and um and off he went into uh, off he went into the undergrowth at silverstone in front of the main grandstand um on lap i'm not sure if it was lap one or what lap three it was it was very early in the race anyway and um uh, watson then subsequently crept along and managed to and, and finish the race. It was the first win for uh, the first win for for, for McLaren for uh, for many 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 years. And the first was, was um, McLaren for thing as well, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, um, I remember the I remember the situation from the pits. Not that we used to do a great deal in the pits in the races those days because there was. Um, during the races, we, there was no tyre stops or anything, you know, generally in case somebody had a puncture or whatever. And we used to practice doing the pit stops and stuff. But I remember about halfway through the race, um, I remember the guy's name now, it's Alan Jenkins. Um, that John John, um, John Barnard and Alan Jenkins and um, Steve Nichols, they went off around the track and you know, slowly... Watson went from fourth to third, then to second. And then I think it was Arnu in the lead and he fell and then that failed. And then all of a sudden Watson was in the lead and they came back to the pits and were absolutely glowing. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, it wasn't an amazing day. It was actually really quite an amazing day because it was, it just meant so much to the team, to the sponsors and what have you to be, you know, for Marlborough, dare, dare I say the word, to be back on the, you know, on the top of the pile again in uh, in their own car. You know, they sponsored. Yeah, I can um, remember that like uh, yesterday. I listened to the whole thing on the radio. It was so tense towards the end. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please yeah, was, finish. Come was, on. It was, it was quite, uh, it, it, yeah, it was. It was, was, it was, yeah. was, it was, was yeah. very tense. It was a good win. John Watson was quite a dinky little driver, I always thought. No. Well, I mean, I had I I worked with Watty for um, um, part of seventy nine, eighty eighty. I was number two on his car. The guy, the the head mechanic on the car was a guy called John Salmon. He was the number one on Watty's car. 
So I worked on what is car for the 1980s season. And um, it, it, you know, it, 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 it was frustrating to be with John because it was almost like he was driving to a pace. Um, um, and, and sometimes he just couldn't, couldn't get it together for, for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> Prost was, I mean, if you, if you compare Prost to Watson in the 1980 season, and you see the you know, on occasion in the same cars in the M29s, um, you know on occasions it was Prost was much faster than him in in all and you know the, the, the debriefs and what have you at the time. No, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, da, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, you know, he just never seemed somehow to uh, to have the pace. But what I would say is. And I refer back to, um, actually, back to Zandvoort, because we used to race at Zandvoort back in the day, back in those days. And um, <clears throat> I think it was on the, I think it was on the Friday afternoon. Um, Watson came past. And it was one of the very, very first races. I was, on, I was, doing, I was doing the board for him. And it was one of the very first races where they had a speed trap. It wasn't connected to the TV or anything. It was, you know, just for the spectators. At the, I mean, TV and TV speed traps and all of that stuff. It was all very, very, very kind of like new then. But they had this speed trap at Sandboard just as you went into Tarzan. And, um, you know, it was it, it, great to look at it because you could see everybody going in, you know, they, they were bit, it was amazing to see, you know, how different the speeds were for people breaking into, into Tarzan. And suddenly Watson went in there at something like 270 Ks or whatever. And the you know, eyes opened up and, um, and, he, and he went around the corner and um, came back in the pits and he said, I've got no rear brakes. I've got no rear brakes. He said, I, I, I braked going into it and I locked up the front. So I had to back off and, and, and he turned into the corner and the car bit and he went all the way around the corner. And I just, yeah, probably I'm not, I'm not that I know what the numbers were, but say it was 20 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour faster. He realized he could get around the corner. And it was kind of, this is when it, this is when this, this thing in the team, or certainly with Tyler anyway, that, that what he was driving to a pace. And um and he did suddenly broken broken the uh broken the back of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well in, in, in you you could say it because if you if you look at uh, any of the any of the records that follow um follow that event. You'll see that he's gone from like tenth, twelfth, fifteenth, sixteenth on the grid up to second, third, and fourth. You know, like kind of like overnight. Um, I know we flew in Canada, and he went really well in Watkins Glen. Um, I I forget what I forget <coughs> what was after Zandvoort. <coughs> I think it was Monza, and he went. He was quick, quick there. I mean, I don't have any any um, any. Um, 
of the records to, to immediately to hand. But I mean, if you do go back over them and stuff and you see the see the differences, it was kind of like a, just a massive step change all of a sudden with um, with JW understanding actually that ground effects sucked you down onto the ground and you could go around corners very, very quickly. <clears throat> but by then, of course, there was a lot of... <clears throat> It was. It wasn't that. It, there was a lot of politics going on uh, at the at that time because it was known that that um, um, the deal with Ron Dennis was going on. <clears throat> it was known that um, Gordon uh, Gordon Coppock would be uh, replaced by John John Barnard. They were coming to the races. Um, you know, looking around and it, it, it was it was kind of like you. you there's a lot of people who think we're actually sort of saying to themselves, oh, my God, you know, um, <clears throat> how is this all going to change? Because if you amalgamate two teams, obviously, there's going to be a lot of mechanics and a lot of technicians and whatever without any work. And bear in mind that whilst they did build cars down at um, down at Project 4, they were building the BMW Pro Cars. It wasn't like they were building, uh, you know, F1 cars and stuff. And they were, you know, they were, it was a, it was a customer, <clears throat> customer race team, basically. You know, they, whether it's a March or a Rolt or whatever that they were, they were using. They, you know, they went and bought all their bits. They didn't make anything, and <clears throat> and the people were the people that came into it were were you know more fitters at the time. Um, <clears throat> But then, but then, of course, you know, there was the other side of it was, and there's the sad side of it really was that there was the, the concept that people had, people who'd been there for quite a long time would be, would be resistant to, um, to the change, to, to the, you know, to the, the Ron's way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And quite a few people, including, for instance, John Salmon, they, they lost their jobs for no, no reason whatsoever. Absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> That um, that uh, that changeover to um, to um, uh, to MP4 or to um, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, McLaren McLaren Project Four MP4, yeah, McLaren Project Four. So um, yeah, there's quite a lot of quite a lot of changes, but there was there was there wasn't much change in the in the workshop. In other words, you know, the number of people that were in the in the works at McLaren's didn't change that much. There were later on more and more and more people came in because of course, you know, composites, the composite department grew um, <clears throat> grew at a great rate of knots, the composites department, because of course they, you know, were making all the, the chassis was coming from Hercules and States, but all the rest of it was coming from various various people initially from various manufacturers in the UK. Um, but then, you know, then um, uh, we moved then from the old Colnbrook site, um, uh, Poyle Trading Estate, um, David David Road, I believe. Yes, yeah, David Road's the name of the, the street. And we moved from the David Road site, then down to the first site in uh, the first of the McLaren sites down in, uh, in Woking. And uh, the, you know there was just a lot more space and stuff, and it was quite it was quite nicely sorted out. Uh, workshop, machine shop, fabrication shop, all separate, whatever composite shop that was there. Um, <clears throat> it was um, there wasn't as many there wasn't as much car parking space, but uh, there's lots of cars parked out in the road. But uh, other than that, no, it was fine. It was fine. 